Hello everyone. Welcome to Switchcraft the Fingerboard podcast. My name is Jana and today I'm sitting here with another virtual guest. Say hello. Hi all. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you may introduce yourself. Sure. Um, my name is Jospe or Jospe, however you feel more comfortable pronouncing it. I'm the Fingercam owner. I've been more than 10 years on the finger and the fingerboard scene. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, really, really happy that you're here as well. Um, so you mentioned you've been around uh, in the fingerboard scene for 10 years. Uh, what got you started in fingerboarding? Like, how, how did you get into it? Uh, it was longer than that because it was I was uh, just a child at school. And I remember a friend of mine uh, was doing a, a project for a, a signature called Technology. I don't know. It doesn't make much, much sense. But he was mm-hmm. building a fingerboard ramp. And that got my attention because back then I was uh, starting to skateboard. I'm not too much into skateboard. Like, I don't know to do many tricks, but I was starting there and I I was impressed. So I discovered the, the little skateboards and I tried to do things, but I was so bad. Um, after that, I pretty much forgot about it. But then in 2009, I, I believe, um, there was a huge boom here in Spain at least. And it was uh, trendy all of a sudden. And every skate shop you went to, you, you would see those uh, little skateboards and it called my attention again. But this time I was more curious and I started to, to look online what you could do with those uh, little skates. And then I discovered um, the fingerboard scene. I discovered uh, Mike Snyder videos. I discovered uh, Black River and all the companies. I also discovered there were some uh, fingerboard scene in Spain, which really caught my attention. And, and yeah, then I started with a tech deck, then my first online purchase, and, and so on. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and in 2009, I think the the fingerboard boom had its, like, second coming pretty much everywhere. In Germany, like, the first boom was in 2001-ish. And, yeah, then again, 2009. Those are, like, the, the two huge years, I would say, Yeah. for fingerboarding. Yeah, cool. So... um. Uh, do you remember what your first uh, setup or your first proper setup was, or did you just uh, start with a tech deck? Or yeah, I I spent a lot of time with the tech deck because back then, um, of course, I was living with my mom and she wouldn't allow me to to buy online because I was a minor as well. Um, so I spent a lot of time with a tech deck. Uh, I think if people go back to my my YouTube channel and go back to my first videos. I think I was still using a tech deck if I haven't uh, hidden the videos. Um, then I purchased uh, a wooden deck um, from a company called Sugar Plant. It's not around anymore, but it was from from here, from the Canary Islands, from Tenerife. So I, I bought it and I... St- I spent also a lot of time with that setup, which was a wooden deck, but then uh, tech deck trucks and wheels and it was a company uh, many Spanish people remember but I don't know if uh, internationally people will will know this company but the name was uh, JKR uh, DCC I believe 
And he was a guy that uh, was the first one, actually, to modify tech deck tracks. So he would shape them and make them look like real skateboard tracks with graphics and all of that. So I bought from him a couple of trucks and wheels, and that with the wooden deck that I already had was my first setup for, like, proper fingerboard setup for mm-hmm. my last one. Cool. I mean, that that sounds like a good starting point for first setup. Yeah. Uh, so uh, did you uh, did you have any any like real life friends who started fingerboarding as as well back then, or was it just that it was you and you discovered the online community? Yeah, it was only me. And here, the the sad story about that was well, sad, but it was an opportunity as well. Uh, there was no one uh, fingerboarding here. Uh, everyone was from the mainland, but from Canary Islands, so there's a physical distance there. And that's mm-hmm. actually what got me started into uh, this project called Fingercam. Uh, the original idea was to, to build a community because uh, I looked and I looked, but I couldn't find anyone here uh, fingerboarding. Even the skateboarders, they didn't uh, fingerboard as far as I knew. So that's how I built the, the... It was a blog back then. And the idea was to just spread the word and contact companies and trying to to see if we could start a new new scene here. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that it, uh, that it was how it happened. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's a good uh, that's a good way or a good reason to start uh, an online community like that. Uh, did you ever build it around the forum, or was it just that you built a block and slowly progressed it into something else? Or like how how did it evolve from being just a block to what we knew up until it sadly ended, which we'll cover later? Yeah, so the the, the forum was already existing and it, it wasn't, uh, I, I mean, I was not the owner, but there was this Spanish fingerboard forum. Yeah, back then there were a lot of forums. I, I almost uh, forgot about that. Um, mm. It was in parallel. Like obviously, my main uh, public to say was Spanish because I was reading in Spanish. So I used the forum to to spread the word as well. But then suddenly I I started to go uh, more visits, and that's when I started to discover uh, Canary fingerboarders, which was really exciting. And for me, that that's when the I mean. My goal was accomplished, but I kept receiving more and more visits and more fingerboarders, even from out of Spain, for example, from Portugal, because they couldn't understand exactly what I was saying, because back then it was a proper blog, so I was uh, writing comments about the videos or, and all of that, and sharing my opinion, reviews, unboxings. And everything in Spanish, or? Sorry? Everything in Spanish? Yeah, or? everything in Spanish. That's why the Portuguese were kind of trying to, to get into it. Then more people from from the States and so on. And that's when I actually uh, started to practice English. And I took the opportunity to, like, Fingercard has been accompanying me in all this path to, to progress both in the fingerboard way and the personal because I used it as a way to, to improve my English skills. And then I I started to to write in English, 
and that's when of course it uh, it blew up and it got to more people across the the globe um then it became a a website because uh, the amount of visits i was getting like told me that it was time to to move to the next uh, phase let's say mm-hmm. and it was like that for a long time i i also got sponsors uh, i mean uh, companies uh, supporting the website uh, financially because the costs were uh, so high considering i i didn't have a, a job and then the later stage was that um i did have a job but I had been paying for two years for the hosting, the domain, and of course the time, which people often take for granted. But mm-hmm. no one was really visiting the, the site. It's this time where, where um, Instagram was the thing and no one was visiting blogs anymore. So it, it wasn't really motivating me. So I decided it was time to to let go of the website and keep finger, uh, sorry, finger kind of alive, but on the on the social channels. Yeah, I was really sad to hear that you stopped the website because I only discovered Fingercan not much before you stopped it, like only like maybe nine months before you stopped it, something like that. Yeah. And But I I can totally understand why you stopped it. And I, uh, I think it's really cool that you try to keep it alive on Instagram and... I totally get that people today are just watching way more content on Instagram. And even I, who look for fingerboard news like all the time, because I feel like I need to be up to date everywhere. Like I only visit uh, fingerboard TV like every once in a while, which is another, I think, similar website to yours. So yeah, I get why... uh, why he stopped it. Um, have you ever uh, been in contact with uh, Martin Beckman from Fingerboard TV since both of your sites operated in, in a similar space, I would say? Yeah, a couple of times I had a chat with him, but nothing too, too serious. Uh, just comments mm-hmm. here and there, happy birthday, all of that. Yeah. Um, nothing too serious, but I have, uh, I would say, a good relationship with him. I think it's clearly... Uh, the best fingerboard website uh, out there, and I have mm. respect for what he does. And always, I never try to to compete. Actually, fingercam was always a fun thing, but uh, people think maybe you're competing with this guy or this other guy. Fingercam mm. was always a, a reference. So I can yeah, yeah. The uh, the competing thing, I I understand very much since currently there's a lot of new podcasts popping up. And people approach me and be like, hey, uh, would it be okay if we start this? And I'm always like, hey, fuck competition. Let's do cool things. Yeah. And if yours happens to be cooler than mine, then that's the way it is. Yeah, you can yeah. learn also. The, the only thing that yeah. I couldn't I couldn't uh, stand was when people try to copy, like people try to copy Fingercam or Fingerboard TV, like straight up the, the logo. It's like, man, you're 
Fingerboard TV already exists. Don't try to copy it. Or Fingercan. Sometime mm-hmm. ago, a guy uh, copied the whole layout of the website. That really pissed me off. But otherwise... Crazy. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, if you just create a blog or a podcast or whatever, as long as you are keeping it uh, true to yourself or you know it's not copying anything out there, I mean, I think it's okay for the for the scene, more variety, so... Exactly, that's pretty much my thoughts as well. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, talk a bit ab- about your location. You you mentioned it a couple of times earlier, um, but uh, just as a pre- brief explanation, since I don't f- know if anyone, everyone is good in geography, uh, the Canary Islands are technically part of Spain, correct? Yeah. And they are in, I would consider... African territory um, is is that like are you do you feel like you're more part of Africa or are you hundred percent Spain like because uh, I think that's an interesting yeah topic yeah hard to say because I mean technically we're we're Spanish uh, we we speak the language we don't speak any African language uh, but we have a huge uh, African influence over here so being Spanish and having gone to of course to to the mainland uh, what I can tell is that the lifestyle is completely different it's sort of if you compare London with California like uh, California they will be more chill more slow living where in London Mm. Like the, the weather also influences people, of course. So the mainland is maybe more like London, and this is more like California, I would say, mm-hmm. comparison I can make. But I mean, I feel Spanish after all, but I don't feel like. Well, this is very uh, common between Spanish people that we don't feel mm, proud of our country. <laughs> Uh, but I also don't feel African, so I feel just citizen mm. of the world. If that's <laughs> and do you uh, do you visit Africa, uh, or is it is it that you're like strictly yeah do you like strictly go to mainland Spain if you if you go to mainland, let's say? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually have been only one time uh, to Africa. Uh, and it was actually the other side of Africa, not the one that I have closer to me. But most of my trips in Spain, yeah, are to the to the mainland. Yeah. And uh, do you do you know if African fingerboarding has a scene? Because that is something I ask myself a lot of times. Because it's not something I ever heard about. I think. Yeah, lately, thanks to Instagram, I have I have been discovering. Uh, people from Morocco, this fingerboarding, uh, which really uh, got my attention. I don't remember any Instagram handle right now, but I, mm-hmm. I know that there are people there with great skills, actually, uh, fingerboarding. Some of them follow me on Instagram, but still, I don't remember their names. But yeah, there is a little thing. I wouldn't say it's as big as uh, the Spanish one or the German one. Mm-hmm. There are people out there. They're more like... Uh, the other countries of Africa that are not so close to me, like uh, Kenya, Uganda, stuff like that. I don't think mm. there's any fingerboard scene there at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Cool. 
Um, let's talk about a bit about what Fingercan uh, finger was before you stopped the website. Um, the the reason I found it was, I think it was f actually for the uh, Halloween contest that I then took part in. Uh, you did do these kinds of contests quite regularly, right? Yeah, once per year I, I started uh, organizing the, the contests. The, the thing that uh, got me into that was that at the time, like again, 2010 or something like that, there were uh, fingerboard contests, especially in Spain. There was one that was uh, really famous, organized by this uh, forum, which was named uh, Right to Glory. Maybe some people will remember it. But the the like the mechanic of this contest was to record a line, and the writer who did the best line uh, won the biggest prize. Right. What I started seeing is that people were like maybe spending a whole week trying to record the perfect line. Um, as I was recording videos myself, uh, I didn't find uh, fun when I was trying the same trick over and over and over. Of course, at the beginning, mm. you are new to fingerboarding. You don't do the tricks uh, perfectly. You don't land them the first time. But trying the, to perfect the line is not something that I enjoy. It's not what I like most of uh, fingerboarding. And there were more contests like that. So I, I was trying to, to change it, like not to complain, but to provide something different. Um, it was when I was seeing a skateboard video uh, during Halloween, the day, uh, I think they, they were from Barcelona, the skaters, I don't remember the, the name, but they were recording a video, super like dark Halloween theme. And, uh, and I just love it. So I thought, man, it would be cool if I did something like this, but for fingerboarding. And that's where the idea to begin the contest uh, came from. So then I I was like building the rules that of course over the years were shaping themselves because uh, you discover ways to, to improve things. Um, also, I'm really a fan of all uh, American culture. So uh, Halloween, of course, is a, a big part of it. And I was mm -hmm. so, so happy to be able to, to do something with it in fingerboarding. Yeah, I really, like when I saw it, I really enjoyed that it exists. And it was, the rules were actually challenging in a good way, I think. Uh, are you, uh, do you have any plans to continue that series or was it pretty much done with the website? Yeah, I, I think I uh, finished the, I mean, organizing the Halloween fingerboarding one year before I closed the website. I'm, I'm not sure right now. But the thing is that the last years, uh, there wasn't really much uh, participation be because it was also in this transition between uh, YouTube and Instagram. So people mm. started to upload uh, short clips to Instagram and not so like full-length videos on YouTube. So... Uh, of course, the contest was affected by that. Like we received uh, like maybe twenty five videos, and that was really depressing because <laughs> it's a lot of work to organize a contest, live along a contest like the Halloween. But, so, but isn't twenty five participants still quite a lot for a video contest like that? Yeah, of course. Considering the the. The theme of the contest, yeah, but compared to previous years, it was a, a huge drop. Mm -hmm. I think it really didn't pay off the effort that we put into it. 
and the, the sponsors uh, supporting the contest and all the time that it took me. Like, it was maybe even uh, less than 25, actually. So that's when I said, <laughs> it's not motivating me also to mm. be doing this every year and you see how the numbers, I mean, not, not that the numbers, it's not the numbers that worry me, but people are, are not joining it. There are a lot of people because right now I think, um, like maybe five years ago, the scene was going down, uh, more people leaving fingerboarding, but I think, or it's my, my impression, that it's uh, growing a little bit now. I see more. Yeah, I have the same impression. Yeah, especially uh, grown-up people, which is really, really good, I think. Yeah. Um, but still, they were more into Instagram, and I, I actually tried to take the contest to Instagram, like to promote it there, to, to do things around it, to try to bring people back to the to the contest. But still, it didn't work. So, so I just gave up. Yeah, that, that's really sad to hear. So you probably have have considered and dismissed it doing it via like completely on Instagram. Now that we have the opportunity to have uh, uh, longer videos on Instagram with uh, I forget the, uh, with Instagram TV. Yeah, um, the last year I was actually uh, hesitating between. Uh, closing the contest or doing it on Instagram, but these long videos mm-hmm. weren't uh, back then, I believe. So now maybe that you said, maybe we could bring it back. Uh, I'm not confirming it, but maybe we could. Yeah, we could do something that's, that's at least a possibility. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and have you, have you considered doing a different theme instead of the Halloween since you said that it no longer motivated you to do the same thing again? Have you thought about different themes over the years, or was it always that you stuck to the the one Halloween theme each year? Um, I think because uh, fingerboarding is also part of the same culture that skateboarding is, which is very like underground thing. People really like the Halloween theme for this kind of contests because uh, one year in all of those uh, efforts to try and get more people on board, I decided to not do the Halloween fingerboarding contest, but instead uh, do a Christmas theme. And it wasn't the same. <laughs> Still, yeah, maybe more people joining, but not so many. And you see the videos and it, it wasn't uh, as unique as the Halloween theme. So I think I, I personally mm. love the Halloween theme. and I always get comments from people, bring it back, bring it back. And I think if I did it, it, was, it would be Halloween again. Yeah, I I would consider myself one of those people who want you to bring it back. And and not only because I got a few things in prizes last time, but yeah. I really enjoyed uh, making uh, making the video back then because what what challenged me and what I uh what I initially found, oh I have no idea how to do this was uh, that you required, I think it was 45 seconds of non-fingerboarding related intro. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. And that that was something I think that was really unique for a fingerboard video because a lot of times when you see parts uh, on Instagram or even in longer form videos, there's rarely an intro to anything. Like that, that was one of the... Uh, one of the things that I had as criticism for some videos that dropped this year, uh, 
where some of the parts it was just jumping right into fingerboarding, no intro, no outro. And I really liked that you forced everyone to create an intro and to do something unique and not just dim the lights and yeah. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm really glad to hear that. Like that's what really uh, was the motivation to to keep doing the contest. Like people saying, "Man, this is this is so fun to do." Like I acknowledge that the rules maybe uh, leave a lot of people out of the contest because they feel uh, like they cannot. Yeah, probably something like that. I know that, but I also think that people who do join uh, say the same thing year after year. Like, man, this is so fun to do. And I believe, like, uh, how to say, like, restrictions really boost creativity. So if you are allowed to... Exactly. Yeah, like, if you just could do uh, some lines without any intro or something like that, you're just recording a fingerboard video during Halloween, but you're not doing really uh, a proper video for for the contest. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, um... I've, I think it was actually the first video I ever filmed, like the first proper video part I ever filmed for fingerboarding because I it really intrigued me, the whole idea. And I've been in the gothic scene for like probably more than 15 years. So anything horror and, and uh, Halloween related always was near and dear to my heart or... Probably not horror films, because I'm way too scared for that. But yeah, I, I really like the aesthetics and all of the things. So when I saw that your contest exists, it was like, okay, I have to come up with something. And I think it took me quite a while till I came up with the concept of the video. But like I said, I really enjoyed that I had to come up with a concept and that I had to think think about it something unique and yeah not just like i said film something and drop it during halloween yeah yeah i love that people like you can relate to the contest like to me that's the beautiful thing around yeah i even borrowed the camera from a friend of mine uh, to actually be able to record the video and and now i bought a similar camera camera for myself and really enjoy producing parts and that was like the first taste of a part that i filmed so it really got me going into the whole part creation or the whole fingerboarding as a part yeah and i really really enjoyed that that's why i'm also quite glad that you agreed to do this interview because yeah it, it means a bit to me so yeah it was really cool yeah, thank you. I actually appreciate it because I also remember your part and it was really, really fun to watch. I think it was uh, a solid entry. So yeah. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, because when I looked at all the other videos that uh, dropped in the past for the contest, I was like, well, everyone is so serious. And I went for the low-budget splatter horror movie aesthetic. With like, where you can like see that it was like 10 budget for the whole thing. Yeah. But uh, things like that, I think are really cool that you have to come up with a concept and do something creative. And maybe uh, maybe this inspires others to 
do a creative video in the future. It doesn't have to be for a contest like that. It just can be something where you set parameters for yourself and try to do something in those parameters and do something unique. Exactly. And also for companies maybe listening to this podcast, like maybe I know the first option always comes to mind to to them to provide, like to, um, how to say, to gain more followers is to do a giveaway and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think that slowly kills the, the scene. Maybe don't kill it, but it, it becomes boring. Like if I, if all I have to do to get stuff for free is to repost a picture that later I can delete, uh, that's really easy. So why I'm going to do something that is more complicated? Yeah, the whole uh, the whole mention free people in the comments yeah. thing. Like at this point, it's just annoying. Like every time I get tagged in one, I don't think, ah, oh, cool, a giveaway or ah, oh, cool, a company. A lot of times I just block the company if it's not a company that I'm really behind. Because, yeah, it's just... We've seen it a million times. Yeah. Maybe at the beginning, two or three companies that was okay, but nowadays everyone is doing it. And it's, I mean, I'm really sick of it. Like, I wish yeah. if more companies did contests or, or something like that. Yeah. But let's talk about another thing uh, you did do as a figure can and still do now the uh, uh, setup of the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy looking at those setups. And it, I think a lot of different Instagram accounts have tried something like that. Because I think there's been a number of Instagram profiles who try to do a setup of the week. and But I don't think any one of them actually caught on. I think it's mainly just yours that that still is around. And I know people... Like for example, teammates of mine from Five Luck, it's almost like a like a trophy or a badge of honor. Like that, I only have one setup of the week so far. It's like ah, I'm I'm free behind the others or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The the thing that got me into the setup of the week in the first place was in the in this uh, back when Fingercam was uh, Spanish citizen, let's say. I went oh, okay. to this uh, forum and people posted the, their setups. And sometimes you got to see a better setup than others. And I was thinking of a way to, to highlight those. So that's how mm -hmm. it first started. And then gradually I was switching it to Instagram because I saw early that people were into into that uh, social network. So I said, why not? If Fingercan is going like international, we have to leave this forum and start allowing other sources. Um, and yeah, I don't even remember how many setups uh, of the week we have. Like I lost the count, but must be like 500 or, or more. I don't remember. Yeah, it looks like a lot. Like if I uh, scroll through for your Instagram profile, it, look like, it looks like there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, especially because if you got till the end of, the, of my profile, uh, that's not everything. <laughs> like mm -hmm. maybe on the website there were like 200 more or so. Uh, do, you, uh, do you have an idea? Or I think I actually know the answer to that. Do you, do you know who got the most setup of the week? Uh, mm, like... 
quite a few people like uh like a year or two ago uh it was frosty i think he's not around anymore he got a uh, a child and that's why i think but frosty frosty then um lionel this is like yeah that that would have been my pick yeah i think so and then also uh valentina from brazil she also got some some setup of the weeks and and she did something really cool which was frame pictures of all the setups on on a wall that was really really awesome to to see and I see, yeah i recently framed my old decks it was quite a lot of fun to do yeah and i i also think that uh helena from goat on the road also has quite a few setups of the week if i'm correct yeah lately she has gotten some yeah. time as well what i try also is to like uh some people know my criteria for choosing it of course it's the best setup of the week so it has to be the best one of that week that's self-explanatory but i also try to give a chance to to different people like if i see the same rider has has been the winner for uh two consecutive weeks i'll try to pick someone else because some people can afford to have a new setup every week but i know i know mm. the reality for most of the people so i try to to give a chance to everybody Yeah, I actually uh, posted something for the setup of the week today. So let's see if uh, if I get uh, get to add an, a second one to my... Let's see, let's see. Well, hi, I got a bank transfer from you. Hmm? I got a bank transfer for you, is this? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I will send you the money later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um. I have another question about your uh, your area and the the like unique circumstance of living on an island state. Um, you mentioned a couple of times that you uh, are or feel uh, much more part of the of Spain and therefore I assume the Spanish fingerboard scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do regular trips to uh, to fingerboard events in Spain and? Like the follow-up question, are there fingerboard events in Spain or is there like a huge scene at the moment? Because I only know about the Portuguese fingerboard scene, which is quite huge. And I think all of the big companies from that area that I know are probably all from Portugal. And I don't think I can remember a single Spanish company from the top of my head. Yeah, like back in the day... uh... More often, there were a lot of contests in Spain, and I went to to a lot of them. I traveled quite often, but then, as the scene was uh, slowly dying, let's say, um, they uh, stopped, or or at least I stopped going to them. And now I see more people doing them. Like, and the cool thing I think is that uh, back in the day, it was just a company doing them uh, in their own way, which at the end I wasn't. Uh, like agree with how things uh, were done but now there are different companies like one of them is from Malaga it's uh, called uh, Alp A-L-P I was just uh, remembering that I think they are from Spain yeah yeah and then also some independent people like some friends just uh, meet up but in a in a big way 
um, from Madrid also there are people doing meetups uh, and contests but not like back in the day I would say mm. and there's no like hub like there is in Porto like no no one place where it gathers around or no, a, no. a group of people no unfortunately no there used to be a shop but not anymore and uh, I don't think there is any place like that yeah I know that it was Uh, very close that uh, a second Black River store was supposed to happen and that one was supposed to be opened in Madrid. Don't know if you know about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite sad to hear that that w didn't work out. Yes. Yeah. And probably you are even more or the Spanish thing about scene as a whole. Yeah. Th that's actually why I try to also boost the local scene here in Canarias because I was uh, traveling a lot and while it was fun to meet people and see new places, uh, at some point it became uh, a little bit boring and I was more excited to meet people here and to be able to, you know, you feel like you want to fingerboard with, uh, meet with friends, you don't have to mm. get into a plane, you just go to the city and you meet Uh, with your friends there it's much much easier and right now we don't have events also here um all the events here <laughs> were organized by by me and by other uh writer named willie which is uh, caramel fingerboards on instagram but we are in the middle of a pandemic so obviously right now we wouldn't do it but yeah it's been Quite a long time since the last time we were doing meetups uh, some weeks ago and stuff like that, but yeah, not many contests. And is there any like exchange between the Portuguese scene and the Spanish scene since they are location-wise cl quite close together at some points? Or do you think that the Spanish scene more looks towards... Uh, towards the east to like the german scene and uh yeah and see things like that um a bit of everything like uh, two or three years i don't remember now uh there was a competition between portuguese and spanish uh, fingerboarders like it was called um batalla iberica um when it was held in portugal in the ice and the y store But that was it. The rest, yeah, people close to Portugal in the north of Spain, they will visit the, the Yellowwood store. Um, people from the rest of the country sometimes as well, but mostly the Black Rivers, the now, uh, now Asi Berlin store. But mm. I don't think people from Spain travel abroad too often for fingerboarding. Yeah, I don't think I met that many people from Spain because I, being a local of the as a Berlin shop, I think I met people from pretty much all European countries. And I I remember one, for, or I do remember two from Spain, but one was only living in Spain temporarily and the other doesn't live in Spain anymore. And back then also didn't live in Spain anymore. So yeah, I don't think I've met too many fingerboarders from Spain. Yeah, it's also, I think, due to the, like, economic and political situation. Mm -hmm. Like, most fingerboarders in Spain are very young. 
if not mm -hmm. kids, so they don't have either a source of money or they have a job, but they can barely pay the rent and the food, so they cannot afford traveling. I think that would be yeah, sure, and it's quite far. Like, yeah. I think people from uh, from the states always think, ah, Europe is everything is close together. <laughs> yes, but like for example, from Madrid to Berlin is actually a couple of hours like you can go in uh, like walking right what you can go walking from madrid to berlin yeah sure sure you, you just have to walk over the pyrenees and uh, yeah <laughs> and maybe in like a few months you actually arrive in berlin <laughs> yeah it's a bit more complicated than it seems yeah yeah, um, I have a couple rapid-fire questions for you. So uh, try to answer them like as uh, with the first thing that comes to your mind. And yeah, we'll just go through them. Okay. So first question, uh, what's your favorite wheels? Floodface. Favorite deck and shape? Uh, Peace Punch Domesticated. That's a good shape. Yeah. Ex same as the wheels. Uh, favorite trick and flat? Uh, probably three pop. That's also my favorite. Yeah. Uh, favorite trick and obstacle? Like street or bird? Uh, on uh, doesn't matter as long as it's on any obstacle. Probably it's very basic, but I love it. Three flip, no screen. Yeah, that's that, that's a fun one, but to me, it's always I never get consistent at that. Uh, favorite music song right now? Oof. Uh, well, that's really difficult. I listen a lot of rap music. I to choose ones. Um, I couldn't do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you prefer outdoor fingerboarding or indoor fingerboarding? Outdoor. Uh, what do you do for a living? I'm a UX designer. Ah, cool. Yeah. I'm a web developer, so we're in a similar space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A favorite obstacle? Um, probably a quarter. Uh, concrete or wood ramps? Mm, wood ramp. Switch or regular? Regular. Uh, do you have any hobbies outside of fingerboarding? Um, not like fingerboarding, but I would say fingerboarding is the main one. I also like um, basketball and photography, but yeah, that's that's about it. A flat ground with an obstacle or a park? Which one do you prefer? Since I don't have access to parks, I think I I prefer the park. Uh, heel flip or kick flip? Heel flip. Uh, what was your first fingerboard event? Um, it was in, Se in Seville, the south of Spain. Uh, homemade ramps or bought ramps? Both because I'm terrible at doing that. <laughs> What's your favorite food right now? Food, you said? 
Ja, Food. Uh, pizza Forever. <lacht> uh, loose or Tight Tracks? Uh, medium. Uh, last Trick You Learned? Ooh. Uh, it was a long time ago. <lacht> uh, I'd say Laser Flip, because funnily enough, I, I never tried to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at lasers. Uh, favorite thing about video? Mm. Well, I have many fingerboard videos that are my favorite. <laughs> uh, probably any from the from the Harricks. Like yeah, they from, they're all quite good ones. Yeah, session at the Harricks were my favorite, hands down. Uh, do you prefer to have one setup or multiple setups? Multiple setups. What trick do you like doing least? Do doing what, sorry? Doing least. For example, if I uh, played you in a game of skate and would do that trick, what would you hate? Nolly 360 flip. <laughs> uh, plastic or urethane wheels? Um... Plastic for indoor, urethane for outdoor. Yeah, that's a, that's solid. Uh, favorite beverage or drink? Uh, right now, water, because I stopped drinking and drinking soda as well. Oh, cool. Uh, do you have any sponsors? No. Do you write 32 or 34 millimeter? Uh, I think it's uh, 32 right now. What would be your dream sponsors? Um, GoPro and Black River. <laughs> um, what's your favorite Instagram follow? Like, what account do you enjoy seeing content of the most? Mm, that's a tough one. Or a secret, a secret tip that you can recommend to people? Um, account probably Asi Berlin or um, these guys from California like uh, Sorry for Fingerboarding I think their name mm. probably those and what's your favorite overall company probably Beastpants and Berlinwood as well yeah sadly Berlinwood has been a bit dwindling but maybe that Maybe that gets better in the future. Yeah, I met Timo when I went to to Berlin. We even went to a, a concert together and I had a good time. He's a really down-to-earth guy. Um, yeah, he is. He's, he's so cool to hang out with. Yeah, and so is he going. So I just loved he, his like, uh, vision of life and he the way he handles the company. I think it's, it's really great. And the decks, of course, are fun to write, so... Yeah. So, yeah, I think this uh, brings us to a conclusion. Uh, do you have any anything you want to shout out or anything you want to mention before we before we go? Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for all the people listening to this podcast. Uh, I think it's really great that they are coming out. Like, and I'm grateful you have this. Uh, 
this uh, way of communicating with the scene. I, I'm a heavy podcast listener, actually. So I think it's a good thing to have. Um, and thank you, of course, for, for having me. Yeah, absolutely my pleasure. So, yeah, thanks everyone to listening. And, yeah, you hopefully catch me in around two weeks with the next episode. So, bye. Bye.